We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. KC Laboratory. Sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank. With Emprise, you can check your balance as fast as you check the scores. They'll even give you an instant replay so you can review the ruling on the field. Emprise Bank member FDIC. So appreciative for them and what they've done to make KC Sports Network what it is already. And it's been a big week here at KC Sports Network. The uh, premium content went, uh, you know, exclusive on July one. Big day for us. Thank you guys all so much for for participating. And, you know, signing up for you know a, a yearly subscription or a monthly subscription. Cannot say enough to to say thank you for that. And uh, it's been it's been a really really awesome response. And we've got actually more podcasts coming too. Twenty one questions uh, will be part of the KCSN Substack. Uh, so you're going to get exclusive podcasts as well with us, uh, with my dear pals. First bottom on Twitter at Chief in Carolina, Maddie Lane, what's good? You know, I guess today what's good is not your hair, because you did not take the <laughs> hat off right before we recorded this podcast today, and I'm disappointed. Like Out of the three of us, you are known as the guy with the hair, and you hide it more than the rest of us. It disappoints me greatly. It disappoints me to the core. That being said, I would like to... oh. Oh, it's just it's would, getting really un, it's just getting unkept. It's like my lawn. It's just it, yeah. it needs work. I, I just wanted to share your sentiment of thanking our fans, thanking, you know, people that support us because we did kind of go out. We were trying to start this new thing and you guys have just made it absolutely amazing from the rip. We are super happy to have you guys on this ride with us. So from here on out, we have that premium content coming to you guys as frequently as we can get it to you. And we got so many more things ready for you guys to come here soon. So just keep your eyes open for stuff like that. As you can see from our dear pal here, Craig Stout is flashing some stuff that may or may not be available to you guys here uh, right now. Yeah, um, be on the lookout for that. I believe as you're listening to this, you should probably keep an eye on the KC Sports Network Substack to find out where to get that sort of stuff. But we thank you all so much for buying in day one. It's it's incredible that y'all really did get in and do this with us. If you haven't yet and you are enjoying the podcast and you are enjoying the free content that on, that's on the KCSN Substack, know that there is so much more that's out there that you can get in if you want to. Right now, it is $40 for a year or $5 a month. But that $40 for a year is for a limited time before we get to the season here. And trust me, 
you're going to want to be on board when we get to the season. We got a lot of fun stuff coming, but we are still in the off season. We are still talking about some of the positional groups. Kent, who are we going to talk about today? Well, we talked about defensive end last week, so we figured let's just continue to talk about some of the critical areas of this roster that are worth discussing. And I think one of the other ones that's very important right now is the wide receiver position. It's a unique spot because Sammy Watkins, for all of his you know, injury issues and inability to stay on the field, when he was on the field, he was largely a very good player. And now the Chiefs are looking for someone beyond Tyree Kill to step up. And it's a relatively unproven group, small sample sizes, but I think the good news is there's a lot of guys that have at least been here for a while, Maddie. There absolutely is. I just, I real quick do want to stop and talk about Sammy Watkins and how the Chiefs do really need somebody to replace him. The just other day on Twitter, I was making a joke about, you know, my favorite sports moments that I rewatch over and over again, just essentially all being the past to Tyreek Hill in the Super Bowl, you know, Jet Chip Wasp. And the amount of people that responded saying that the Sammy Watkins play from the mm. Super Bowl was on their list of the moments they rewatch over and over again, where he beats Richard Sherman, just essentially. Oh, go ahead, Kent. No, man. The other one, the other, the other Sammy Watkins play, the one that made me cry a little bit was the Titans, the Titans play deep down mm. the field. Yeah. That kind of just sealed the AFC championship game. I mean, that man has been a part of some big, big plays. I seriously, that one was the, Oh my God, we're going to the Super Bowl moment. Like that yeah, was that, yeah. that was that. I got teary eyed during that one. That's probably about when I started trying to make my travel plans to go to uh, Miami. When that <laughs> it was. I just, yeah, no, it was just the amount of people that did come out and say like, Hey, Sammy Watkins. I think the Titans play was referenced to Sammy Watkins is like this play that I watch over and over again for, and th- thinking about Sammy Watkins, you have a lot of people that say bad things about him because of his contract, because of his injury history with the chiefs. But I mean, you don't have to really think too hard about it to see how important he was to this team in winning a Super Bowl. And now the chiefs are in this position where they have to replace him with some guys that have been here, but essentially with a load of unproven guys. And I, I just, where, do you think where do you think that's coming from Craig like how do you think they even begin to start to replace Sammy Watkins just start you know I I I just don't know that there's a real good avenue into that I I think that they don't have anybody that can be that that kind of physical route running x receiver I mean I think everybody jumps to a guy like Byron Pringle uh he's been kind of a fill-in for Sammy Watkins the past couple years you know Lord knows that we've had to have a lot of fill-ins for Sammy Watkins with that injury history for sure but he just doesn't have the same uh, gravitas. He doesn't tilt the field in the same way. You don't see defenses treat him in the same way. And because of that, you don't really see the same impact. You don't see him making the same sort of plays that Sammy Watkins was able to when he was healthy in those playoffs, especially the big moments there. I, I'm very curious to see how they handle the position because Andy Reid definitely wants that type of player at the X receiver. And as it stands in the current roster, they got a lot of guys, don't get me wrong, but I don't see one that's necessarily tailor-made for that position. It's curious to me that they haven't went out and just identified a true X type receiver. Byron Pringle, I'm going to use this, I'm going to try to say this delicately because I like Byron Pringle. I'm actually a Byron... Or a, yeah. I'm a Byron Pringle fan, believe it or not. Uh, I, I really like getting to see him in limited opportunities. However, getting to see him last year in limited opportunities, late in the season, kind of really filling in for Sammy Watkins, even in the playoffs, he didn't look ready for the moment. 
Uh, I thought I saw some, you know, like there was a couple of plays. There was a, he, he caught a pass at the sticks. He was like one yard short of the sticks and he mm-hmm. had no feel for where anyone around him was. And he very simply could have more or less dove and got the first down at the, at the line to gain, but kind of didn't really have a feel. He actually ran into a guy uh, because he didn't have a feel for, for he didn't have a real good zone awareness for where he was at entirely. And I just think about moments like that. And that's a microcosm for how I feel about him. I think there's barriers between on between Monday and Saturday that have kept him from breaking out because the physical tools are there undeniably there for a guy like Byron Pringle, but it doesn't feel like he's been able to put it all together. And that just kind of felt like a microcosm. Now, but she scored what 41 points or something in that game. They scored an absurd amount of points in that game. So it's like, okay, are we, maybe we're being a little bit greedy here. You know, uh, there's three viable pass catchers outside of, you know, the wide receiver too. If you throw, you know, Clyde Edwards Alaire into the mix there, but those are the things you want. You want that to be the guy that's the backup X, not the X. And I think that's how I feel because as the roster gets thin, that's when, you know, you can live with Byron Pringle, but can you live with him in a more prominent role? That's my question. Well, and it's a two-part thing. I think everybody focuses on just the the physical skill set, the ability to be strong, to be a quality route runner, and kind of win in these possession situations. And that's true. You do have to replace that. But more than that, it's just the overall level of threat. The Jacksonville Jaguars tried to double Tyreek Hill, and they left Jalen Ramsey one-on-one with Sammy Watkins at times, or A.J. Bouye. Ask the Jaguars how well that went. The New England Patriots tried to do that in the playoffs. They ended up yep. winning in overtime, but they tried to do it in the playoffs. Ask the Patriots how that went. You know, ask Richard Sherman how that went. I'm talking about some really good corners here. Sandy yeah. Watkins isn't going out there beating, you know, third string corners one-on-one. No, he's getting number one, high-end number two corners, and he was able to beat them one-on-one. So it's not just getting a big, strong, physical receiver that can go out there and do some of those things. You need one that can go out there and beat one-on-one man coverage on the backside of a play where Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey are on the other side and be a real threat. It's great if Byron, and I like Byron Pringle too, but there is a reason that he hasn't taken over. Defenses feel comfortable putting any cornerback on him and saying, hey, if you beat us, so be it. Good luck. Whereas you can tell they had to go out of their way to at least account for Watkins with really good players, and it still didn't always work. And the thing that I think that we all have to remember here is defenses are going to put a safety over the top of Tyreek Hill. Always, always, always. Like it, yeah, it, ask Tampa. It, ask Tampa. They tried it for a quarter, and he <laughs> absolutely torched him. You heard Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill come out after that game and say, listen, nobody ever does that to us. We were just loving and living in the moment of getting re- getting to be able to do this. So teams aren't going to do that. Uh, it's just not going to be the case. So there is always going to be that one-on-one matchup on the backside. You've got to take care of all of these weapons. And so you've got to have somebody that can win. Uh, that's really all it is. You've got to be able to beat Good coverage. I think we've seen a lot of teams starting to, uh, you know, adapt the Bill Belichick. I'm going to put my number two corner in a safety on, you know, the number one or, you know, whoever it is and have my second best corner be able to line up and try and take away, you know, the other guy, you know, they're, they're my top corner, take away the other guy. So I, I think you've seen a lot of teams starting to adjust to that. So that position is occasionally just going to see the best guy in the secondary so having a guy like sammy watkins who was able to beat that best guy time and time again was so important 
especially since you're relying on Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill to play a completely healthy season. And I think that's the that's the other aspect of this. We know Tyree Kill is great. We know Travis Kelsey is great. But if one of them goes down, now all of a sudden, we're talking about a completely different scenario and a completely different defensive shift. So having that guy is important. That's where I get a little nervous too is mm-hmm. when if, if the top one of the top guys comes off you know you've got you know I, th- I seriously think Noah Gray he's got some he's got some ability to do some of the things that you know Travis Kelsey can do not remotely to the same level yet I'm not saying that they're not the same athlete they're not the same player but you could line Noah Gray up as an ISO as an as a Y ISO and he could run some routes to a level mm-hmm. of effectiveness he can get open in some capacity you know, I think the guy you hope steps up if Tyreek Hill goes down is McCole Hardman. McCole mm-hmm. Hardman's the interesting one here for me. And it's so fascinating because he doesn't profile as an X receiver. Um, this is not a guy that you want playing your X role. This is a guy you really want playing Tyreek Hill's Z role. And in fact, I think some of the big biggest plays of his existence in Kansas City have been the plays where he's kind of got to operate with Tyreek Hill absent. And outside of those plays is where things have been a lot, lot more high variance. Uh, it's been a problem. And it, it, you don't love that McCole Hardman's biggest plays in the passing game, in the true passing game, have been in Tyree Kill's absence. You would have hoped that he'd be able to integrate into the offense better by now. It's a big year for him. And the Chiefs desperately need McCole Hardman to carve out a role on this football team and develop as a guy that doesn't just catch passes behind the line of scrimmage, end arounds, those kind of plays. It's got to be more than that this year. And, and this is a this is a massive year and a massive opportunity for him to take a step up, Maddie. Where do you get how do you go about getting McCole Hardman to replace Sammy Watkins reps though? Because that's not where he's gonna play at all. So right. how even though you are losing the very clear cut number two wide receiver for this team, how do you go about increasing Hardman's snap count or role in the offense when Sammy Watkins was never the one keeping him off the field? At no point in right. time was it, oh, we need to put another receiver out there. Let's pick Watkins over Hardman because they just played entirely two different positions. I think they even came out uh Mike Kafka had a podcast that was uh, the run vast option is the title of it. He was on there. It's great. Everyone should listen to it. But one of the things he talked about was how the chiefs do a really good job bringing guys in to specialize in specific roles in specific situations. Not it's not one size fits all Hardman and Sammy Watkins are not the same size. They are not fitting into the same role. So I just don't see where the absence of Watkins leads to more, a more significant role from Michael Hardman. I think I think the way that you get there is if you're expecting Demarcus Robinson to get some of those Watkins reps, which he also doesn't necessarily project into that role either. But that kind of clears out the slot a little bit for McCall Hardman to maybe operate there. And then you're kind of hoping that he takes major steps like it, it, those two things have to kind of come hand in hand there so you you've got to see both of those come together in order for him to operate there now that that may mean that your x wide receiver takes a big step back but if you get a little bit more out of your slot receiver maybe you can kind of fabricate some of this stuff i mean you're not going to have mccall hardman step up and have to beat 
Jalen Moransey's press. Like you're just not, he's not that kind of receiver. He's, he's never been that kind of receiver and that's fine. That's just not who he is though. And you're not going to play him that way. The problem is the chiefs have consistently had a guy <laughs> that, that has been that guy that they've relied on. Or at least they've, at least they've gone into the, every single season expecting that. So are we ready to move off of McCall Hardman? Can can we can we move? I want to make do, one hypothetical yeah. path to where I do okay, think that do this. this is okay. Yeah. So without Sammy Watkins, the way that I see McCall Hardman becoming not more not having a better stat line because I think he should he has to have a better stat line no matter what, but being just more efficient in terms of how the offense works. I really do wonder what's going to happen if they take Sammy Watkins off. What if they just don't go with the true X wide receiver? What if it's just a constant, a lot of speed, a lot of different guys, and you're using your tight ends, your running backs as your possession wide receiver, and you are literally just putting speed all over the field at receiver, forcing defenses to run. I could see a path for that to work. Andy Reid hasn't done this in the past. That's not his MO. He likes his possession wide receivers, but that's the only path I see for that improved role. You okay, put- before, Kent, before Kent nerds out, I just want to say, yes, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is your new man beater. Like that's that's the guy. I think that he he's your best man beater outside of Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey right now. Okay, go. They, they have some great stuff that they do for the running back to clear him. You know, on the screen game, and I mean, I was playing around with that a little bit. They've done some really good stuff to beat man with the running backs. You know, you get you put two tight ends on the line of scrimmage. Now McCole Hardman gets to play off into mm-hmm. into receiver looks. You know, if you're playing like a balanced ace, now now McCole Hardman gets to doesn't have to line up on the line of scrimmage and Tyreek Hill and both of them get off the line of scrimmage. I think about things like that to help mitigate that. You know, stack stack them under Kelsey, you know, and stack Noah Gray outside too. You know, that that's some of the stuff that they can do. Um there's a lot of there's a lot of I mean I think there's some ways to help them and I think they're gonna have to shift and they're gonna have to kind of pivot. And we're going to pivot too, because we have a very important announcement to make, boys. It's Macadoodles time. Macadoodles. Anybody who has listened to previous episodes of this show knows that this is my very favorite liquor store in the world, and it was well before they became a sponsor. Uh, Macadoodles is terrific. They have awesome selection, and their customer service is bar none they are incredible they will help you find everything you need i have walked in given suggestions for bottles of wine and walked out with boxes of wine that were perfect (laughs) in exact fits kansas city right now doesn't have one of these and they should so if you are listening and you are a consumer you should go to mcadoodles in you know, in Southwest Missouri is largely where they're going to be. So if you're down there, go to a Macadoodles. If you are in Kansas City and you are a franchisee, please, please, please send an email to Roger at info at macadoodles.com. That is info at macadoodles.com. That's Roger. Get one of these to Kansas City because every time I'm in Kansas City, I want to go to Macadoodles. I want to get treated right when I buy my booze, and they treat you right there. So. Thank you, McAdoodles, for sponsoring us. <laughs> Craig, one very important question. Going yes. into this 4th of July weekend, what is the one thing, if somebody's going into McAdoodles, they have to leave with for this holiday? Oh, if you're coming out of McAdoodles, you got to have uh, a Melvin's 2x4. Grab, grab a four-pack of that. That's a free plug for, for Melvin's. That's a terrific <laughs> IPA. It's one of my favorites. I thought you were going to go with McAdoodles Vodka. 
I mean, that's good too. Don't get me wrong, that's good too. But I, I, I was going with a with a little different. You were vouching. Today. You were vouching for it the other day. I was vouching for it the other day. It's good. Stuff. And we've been we've been vouching for a lot of veterans here, but there is one guy. You know, we've talked about the established players here on the roster. There's one guy that could potentially play some X as well. Uh, it's Cornell Powell, out of Clemson, uh, a wide receiver that they took late in the uh, in the draft in the sixth or seventh round, and um, you know he has some really high level moments, especially late in the year. He came on really strong, Maddie. He did, and it took him until his fifth year at Clemson. It's I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. It was a loaded wide receiver room in front of him, but it did take him until his fifth year, so you do have to consider that when you're figuring out he's a guy with one year of production. It kind of came later on in the season when Justin Ross was also hurt, so like it took him a while to get going, but he had some amazing games down the stretch. I think you see things that the Chiefs would like as a possession wide receiver in terms of his ability to attack the ball to tie his point run quality routes. He very well understands cornerbacks leverage and how to attack it, how to manufacture space while running routes, something that not every young receiver does. I just do think that you have to consider the fact that he might not be ready mentally as a rookie because it seemed like it took him a while to get on the field for Clemson despite having the physical profile to be good enough. Clearly, it just took him a little bit. So he might be a guy that's a year two or three kind of impact player at wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, the the thing I think that you can hang on to with Cornell Powell getting on the field for Kansas City is how well he does the little things, the blocking, the way that he sells things, the way that he runs his routes, just the, just the little minutiae. Those are the sorts of things that he's able to handle at an NFL level already. Now, Andy Reid's playbook is not small. And there is a lot that they ask of that receiver. We we know this, you know, it, and it took a guy like Sammy Watkins who was, you know, able to process things, obviously at a higher level due to his, you know, solar-powered reptilian beingness. So <laughs> I, <laughs> Only during day games. Only during day games. Nah, he was good at night too. Um, but, but I think it, you see that it takes these guys a little bit of time to come in and do this, especially these guys that didn't get to play a lot in college. So I have high expectations for Cornell Powell, and I'm sure that entire first segment when we were talking about X receivers and we didn't mention him, there were people screaming at the podcast that, that we weren't mentioning him. But I don't know that he's going to be the guy to really step up and take that role in it's, year one, just because it's a lot. It's so tough. It's so tough. The cards are stacked against him. They really are trying to start, you know, or trying to play significant reps early. And I'm excited about the prospect of Cornell Powell. I'm excited about Cornell Powell, the prowl of the prospect. Um, but I just, you know, I, it's it's taken receivers historically a long time to get acclimated to Andy's offense, and that is real. Now, the good news for Cornell Powell is he's an experienced special teamer. He's played well. He stuck around Clemson He's and, and fought and got his opportunity finally. This is a football character guy. You know, the way he has played the game, the way his career um, panned out at Clemson. And so, you know, hopefully he's able to find a role on special teams, find a role as a blocker, and that earns him some opportunities. And maybe he's one of those guys that's just able to take those opportunities and run with them. I don't think it's a super high bar to clear for him to get opportunities on this football team. I don't think it's absurd to think that he could surpass Byron Pringle, but the cards are stacked against him. 
And I don't think a week one impact, uh, you know, I don't think he's a guy that can be a week one impact necessarily, but hopefully you're hoping maybe by week 10, he's in the, he's kind of in the, you know, he's in the mix there. He's getting more opportunities. Um, it doesn't have to be an all or nothing kind of situation. If he can just get halfway through that season and acclimated and ready to go. And if the Chiefs, here's, here's the other thing we've talked about this. We're geeked out about this day three of this team's draft. And mm-hmm. if they're getting what what we think they're getting out of all these guys and they get something out of Cornell Powell, that's 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 a 2017 Saints type, you know, where they're just getting dudes yeah. left and right. Yeah. 2017 Saints draft is one of the greatest drafts in the history of the NFL. And if the it Chiefs is. day if the Chiefs day three pans out the way some people think it might, ridiculous. And Cordell Powell would be cherry on and the cherry on top in that in that regard. No, he absolutely would be. I I think this is kind of a good point here. Are you you guys ready to transition to a little bit of a uh, lightning round flurry of questions here to round out this like wide a, receiver talk? No, it's not a game. game. No, no, Euphor Regis <laughs> is retired. He's retired. He didn't like how he was treated. He didn't like how he was compensated before. He's he's holding out. So Euphor Regis is he's not here. This is not a game. This is just a lightning round of questions. Are you ready? I would prefer if Youthful Regis was here, but that's okay. You'll have have to call his manager. So the Chiefs' third leading or fourth leading receiver in targets is going to be who? Because I assume we're all the Tyreek Hill, McCole Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, one, two, three. If you disagree with that, say why. No, you can get. Yeah. I think Clyde's getting more targets than Demarcus. Wide receiver. Oh, wide receiver. Okay. Who gets the fourth most targets out of the wide receiver room? Mm, by the end of the season do we think it's demarcus do you think that mccall's gonna come in number three with those fabricated with that with that first 15 i I, yes i I believe i phrased this poorly guys who is number four because those are the first three the first three are going to be hill i'm arguing i am arguing that demarcus robinson will be number three i'm not sold oh that's fine i i'm not here to debate who's going to be number two or three i want to know who's number four but what if Byron I think Pringle. Demarcus Robinson's number four? Who's number three then? It might be McColl. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna work to get him involved more out of necessity. They've got to get him involved more. I think. I think Kent's missing the conceit of this. He's just saying wide receivers. He's not including Travis Kelsey in this mix. Got it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was so confused. Love this. Let's not cut any of this out. I love no, we this all in here. All right, so let me tell you guys again for the lightning round. Assuming we're just talking about wide receivers and Tyree Kill, McCole Hardman, and Demarcus Robinson get the first, second, and third most targets at wide receivers only, who is going to be the fourth wide receiver only on the target list by the end of the season? I'm going with Byron Pringle, and I think that he might contend with that because I do think that he's going to get some of those early looks just because Andy will want that that bigger X type, and he's given he's had that role before. I don't think it's going to be Cornell Powell immediately in there, so I think he's going to get some of those early season reps as they try and figure out what they're doing with the receiver room. I'm going Noah Gray. I'm just kidding. I'm going to go, <laughs> I'm going to go Byron Pringle as well. I think that just makes sense. I think opportunity is going to present itself. I think he'll be there a lot at the X spot. All right, I'm coming in with a wild card. I'm going with Antonio Callaway. 
new addition to the Kansas City Chiefs. If we're going to talk just on purely on talent, he clearly belongs in the top three, four, maybe top three. It's a matter of, we're talk, I talked earlier about Cornell Powell maybe taking a little while to get things going on. That's definitely Antonio Callaway. There's a chance he doesn't make this team at all. Like there's a big chance he doesn't make this team at all. But just based on talent, if he does, I could see a path to him sneaking a lot more touches out of these other guys from just being a better athlete. So I'm going to move on though. Oh, Kent. I just, man, I think it's, I think it's tough to find a, a route to success for, 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 uh, for Antonio Callaway to get on this team. Is he going to play special teams? He might. I don't think, I think they might keep five receivers this year. That was my next question. How many wide receivers are they going to keep? Five. I think this is the year they keep five. When I did my 53-man roster on the KCSN substack sub at kcsn.substack.com, I I went with five because I think there's just too many players that you've got to try to fit onto this roster. Um, I think, I mean, would you rather have Nick Allegretti or Marcus Kemp or Garrick Dieter? Like this, I don't think there's six receivers that necessarily warrant it. Maybe Antonio Callaway, if he can play special teams, but do we think he's going to play special teams? Uh, I don't think he's in a position to say he's not going to. I don't know if but, he's good at it. Mean he's, I don't think this, he's in but, a position to say, no, I'm not. How, how much special teams has Antonio Callaway played in his life? And, and do we think he'll just all of a sudden, A, be good at it, or B, be willing to do it? I, just, no I know idea. he doesn't have a choice, but this guy, I mean, who knows? I have no idea how good at it he will be. That I, that I can't speak to, but I think that he, he would have to try. And if he does, I think there's a path that his talent is higher than Byron Pringles. It's higher than Demarcus Robinson. He's a better just overall athlete. His high-end plays are better than both of theirs. So I see a path. That's why he's a dark horse, a wild card, but he's an option. I just wanted to put his name in there. I just want to throw out there that he has played 25 special team snaps in three years in the That's league. Not great. That is... That is not great, especially since he was active for all 16 games in Miami last year. He was active for, or sorry, he was active for five games in Miami last year. He was active for all 16 in Cleveland year one as a rookie. So I would like uh, to, I would like to know how many of those weren't returned. Was he on the return? Was he doing returns or was not it? Not sure. Not see, sure. Because it could be, I, I mean, I could see him being a returner. Uh, I'm going to look I'm real sticking quick. to it. Craig, that's, how many wide receivers are they keeping? I had five. I, I just think that I, I think Andy is with Noah Gray in the mix, and I think he's probably going to keep enough running backs to really be able to use some guys in the in the passing game as well. Like I think Jarek McKinnon's making it. I think Daryl's making it. I think I, I think that the, they got three locks at running back. I could see an outside guy making it on special teams. So I think that they just got too many bodies at those other two positions on offense that they're not going to keep a sixth wide receiver. If there was ever a year to do six, this is it though. Like you I lost agree, the but, other sure thing. Like they've you, kept six before. Like they've kept I, they've kept six before. And I'm, I'm, I know. I, I think I'm leaning towards. I think I am leaning towards six, at least to start the season. Maybe they prune it down later on once you start going through injuries, especially to the trenches where it always happens. But I do think they start the year with six for the simple fact that I don't think they know who's going to be their number two, three, four, five wide receiver right now. Keep more options in house. I just think that's the route they start the year. I have one more final question here. Who is the first? Who's the best wide receiver cut? The last guy that doesn't make the team. Who's your guy's sixth wide receiver right now? I, oh. Talent is Callaway. Talented I think, is Callaway. On my, yeah. on my, I will say, I'll just 
I'll just say the, the five receivers I had making it, Tyreek Hill, McCole Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle, and Cornell Powell. I didn't have Marcus Kemp. I didn't have Garrett Dieter. I didn't have Darius Fountain. And I didn't have Antonio Callaway. Those are the four. Yeah, it, it's got to be Callaway for me as well. And that's not trying to slight anybody else that's on this roster. I'm just looking it over here to make sure I'm not missing anybody. I, I like some of those other guys. I like Darius Fountain. Like he, he's a good football player, but I, I think, yeah, pure, pure talent of Antonio Cal Antonio Callaway, another guy whose draft slot was not relative to his talent. It was due to his off field and everything. The credit like card that. fraud stuff and yeah, everything so, else that he was involved in. Right. And he obviously didn't handle himself terrifically in Cleveland in year one. So there was some off field with him, but the talent was definitely there. That's why he keeps getting shots. Maddie, I want to flip this on its head real quick, and I'm going to ask you a couple of questions just out of curiosity. So if I gave you, let's go, um, let's go with Marcus Kemp. Let's go with Darius Fountain, Nick Kaiser, and Nick Allegretti. Who are you keeping of those four? Darius Shepard. Mm. Oh, Maddie answer. I'm keeping myself another quality return man, so I never have to make it be McCole Hardman, who I whom I do not trust as a return man right now. And no. I don't know how you could if you're the Chiefs coaching staff. He's I don't want to force Tyreek Hill into returning all the time. I think Shepard is just as good of a return man as Hardman has proven to be in the NFL. So he would be a guy that would be on my radar over those other names that you mentioned. I think the Chiefs would lean towards Marcus Kemp because he's the guy that we just cannot shake. I think they'll keep an out and gritty. That's what I look. I, I, I have a hard time believing that they're just moving on from Nick Allegretti, a guy that they played a lot. I granted out of necessity, but was not the worst offensive lineman on that team last year, and was not the worst offensive lineman in the Super Bowl. Stephen Wisniewski I mean, was worse. <laughs> listen, listen. It's worth saying. Marcus Kemp is one of Dave Tobe's favorite gunners. I'm I'm just saying, and Dave Tobe gets decisions on the end of that roster. And he also likes Rashad Fenton as a returner. So if you're talking about a guy to keep on the return team, you got Byron Pringle and Rashad Fenton who are making this team unequivocally. All right. Well, we're at the end of this roster and we're at the end of the show. That is it for the KC Laboratory. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for so much for supporting KC Sports Network. We really appreciate it. We're so excited to be doing what we're doing. And a special shout out to Emprise Bank for all they've done to make this possible. We'll be back next week. Catch you later. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com